Welcome to the We Have Issues podcast, a weekly look at the local issues and matters impacting Independence, Missouri. And now, your hosts, Lori Dean Wiley and Dan Hobart. All right, and we're back. Welcome to another podcast of We Have Issues in, in Independence. And uh, today we'd like to talk about something I know extremely important to you, and that is all about the city council, kind of what its makeup role, but also its purpose, and some insight I think you want to share with our listeners today, Dan. So I thought I'd do a little bit of just definitions, history, so that we're all on the same page about City Hall at Independence, Missouri. So we run off of what they call a mayor-council government system. I think that's pretty um, easy to see if you've ever attended a meeting. You know that the mayor presides over the city council, and then we have two at-large members and then four council members that serve to represent one of each of the four districts. So the mayor is always you know, the main uh, executive in a mayor-council government is elected by the citizens of the city and then separately is an elected legislator which is what you are dan a city council person after that you can run either what they call a weak mayor government or a strong mayor government we definitely represent more of a strong mayor government meaning that um, a lot of the legislation comes through that council. The, um, as you will hear at any city council meeting, after every vote, the mayor makes sure to announce that it's defeated or that it's uh, won. And that's really a part of that executive role as a strong mayor. The other piece of that is that that body is really the chief executive of the city manager. And I know many, many times I've heard our city manager, Zach Walker, say, I serve at the pleasure of the council. So um, I did have a couple of questions just before we get started with um, what you want to share today. And that is, in a strong mayor government, the mayor expectations on the mayor are pretty robust. And yet, in the city of Independence, our mayor is considered a part-time role. So I'd like your opinion if that harms the strong mayor form of government in any way, or if that reduces the, lack of a better word, power of the mayor in any way by having it be a part-time role. There are probably a number of factors that affect the effectiveness of the mayor's position. Part of it is it's not it's not really well defined, and certainly you can define things down to a T, and it, none of it, you know, these things don't matter when a person gets in there and starts being a person. <clears throat> Our mayor has some certain responsibilities, and you can find them in the charter even, that are sort of above and beyond just his role or her role as a, as a member of the 
governing body. So, yes, it is designed to be a strong mayor setup. And a big part of that is when the charter was written and adopted was that that's how it had been operating. We might be past the time in the in the development of independence in the in the realm of our current world uh, that we need a strong mayor. I'm not entirely sure. Uh, it's you start getting into this. How much should council members be paid? How how many right. hours should you work? How much should the mayor work? How, should it be a full time job with with you know real legitimate pay and um, that's a that's a really harder question to answer but as a part-time mayor should the responsibilities probably be redefined at this point absolutely and if the charter review committee decides to do so they can oh which that's is, great which to is know. pretty cool yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. well you know another role from up on the dais is the mayor pro tem, which I happen to be speaking to right now. So can you can kind of define that role and the purpose? Uh, you know, it's it's like on Star Trek with Kirk and Spock. Right? <laughs> like you're the you're the you're the or Picard and number one. You're the you're the go-to guy uh, in the event that the mayor can't uh, fulfill an obligation. So yeah, Royal sometimes have me, you know, sit in his chair, and of course that makes it people. It was, uh, <laughs> or you know, if he can't go to a function, or you know, you're just sort of there for backup. Um, and and then if he has things that he needs to delegate out, you know, during the week or at other times, then you know we he'll give those to me we talk about stuff i mean that's just it's it's a it's a it's a, it's a tiny bit closer working relationship okay closer working relationship of you too it is okay yeah so let me ask you and i mean this sincerely if something were to happen to rory would you move into the mayor is it kind of like president vice president or no it would be only it wouldn't be that i have his job Okay. It would be that I would fulfill some of his duties uh, unless and until somebody got elected to be the mayor. Okay. So there, it would go back to a regular election. That way there would be somebody to run the meetings and... That makes sense. You know, do proclamations and that kind of thing. Well, in my observations as a citizen, the following roles are also always in attendance at city council meetings. That would be the city manager. Um the city councilor, and I'm just going to be honest, I don't know that I heard that word battered around a lot, you know, the city councilor. Um, and then we have the department heads there, and I've seen on many occasions, depending on what's being talked about, that person who really is the most knowledgeable about maybe that subject is asked to get up and represent the city on, on that subject's behalf. And so, those seem to be the really the biggest players. And then, of course, any citizen can come to a city council meeting and can sign up to speak. And in many times, there is a public hearing portion where 
from the dais, the mayor will ask if anybody is there to speak in favor or in opposition to. So I feel like the way the meeting's supposed to go and all the players that are there really set up for a well-organized meeting. You know, one of the players that I haven't mentioned is our city clerk, who really is the person who keeps it on track, um, demands kind of the Robert's Rules of Order, and then clarifies anything that anybody might have as a question um, about the proceedings of the meeting itself. And uh, I think we have a fantastic one in Becky Barron. So, but I have to tell you, I just, I go to quite a few city council meetings, and one that I recently attended, I, during it, after it, even the next day, it still was bothering me because it just seems like the lack of decorum or that, lack of a better word, professionalism that you just assume people will come and behave in a certain way. And it seems with every other meeting I go to, it's either worse or um, lack gosh, just cantankerous. Um, seems like a lot of conversations should be having prior to the meeting and they're waiting, you know, almost like an October surprise, waiting for that meeting to then pop up and yell something or nail something or, you know, give a speech. And I think what I observed at a the most recent meeting I attended was two things that I would really like you to address. Um, one was a past city council member stood up, waived an employment contract of an employee, and it struck me that that's probably not something that a citizen should have. It seemed over uh, overstated. It seemed um, maybe not in the right hands, I can understand why a current council member would have an employment contract of an employee that they employ, but for a citizen to have that. So I'm not quite sure if that's open public knowledge or not, but it just struck me as um, probably not appropriate because then it led to questions from the box or the audience about the employment of an employee. and. As far as I know, personnel records and how you talk about an employee of your city is probably not in a public forum. <laughs> so that seemed just really uncomfortable and inappropriate. And I felt like the council members and that staff person who was there handled it really well. But I would have, I don't even know what I wanted to see, but I felt like it needed to be stopped. Um, and so I'd like your, your thoughts on that. The second one was, you know, we are allowed because of free speech to get up and say almost anything that we want. And we, you and I have talked a lot, Dan, about, you know, debate has to happen. We want people to bring opposing views and we want to have discussions. But it does seem that when some people get up for their five minutes to speak, that they do it purposely with things that are not factual and try to get a rise out of people that are up on uh, 
the stage. And, you know, I saw that happen as well on uh, a couple of Mondays ago that a council member wanted to correct what a citizen said because they felt like they were misrepresenting what, what had happened. And then that turned into kind of a shouting match from somebody in the audience who thought he was right. And once again, I just felt like that was completely lack of decorum and inappropriate. Those are just two really quick, easy examples, but it seems that those are coming more often and they become more of the norm than the exception. So I'd really like your take on that, um, kind of before we just open it up for you to talk a little more about the role of the council and the purpose. But The, um, the issue with the employment contract, that was <clears throat> Mr. Walker's employment contract. I suspect the former council member got a copy of that from his time on the council and or from one of the current council members. Should that happen? No, uh, absolutely not. Uh, it shouldn't happen because it's unprofessional, because it's disrespectful, because it's aggressive, because it's uh, it's not an appropriate forum to discuss employment matters. Now, is it legal? Maybe, maybe okay. it is. Uh, I don't know that. I don't know that Sunshine automatically protects that document. Uh, there are certain matters that the Sunshine Law uh, protects, and there are certain matters that the Sunshine Law exposes. So that is something that, as a council, we're obviously going to have to look at. So in the sense that that happened, that's good that it brought the issue to our attention. The uh, second part of grandstanding, you know, that's a good word. The first of all, as a as a as a professional defender of the Constitution, uh, I'm a firm believer in it and its rights. That doesn't mean that everybody always interprets that appropriately, and right. it doesn't mean that it's always helpful to shout First Amendment, First Amendment. I hate your guts. I'm going to kill you now. Like, there's, once again, there are uh, religions and there are sects and religions and there are church services where it is, and I've been to them and they can be spectacular where the crowd's involved and the energy is balled up in one and people sing and dance and and worship together and there are church services and I've been to many where you sit quietly and that's part of the decorum it just you know there are different ways of worship and yeah. um, and and we get both in the city council uh, and there's more to say on that but but what I'll say is this if uh, for example the folks that have come up and talked about Airbnbs lately yeah yeah those those are very meaningful comments, and when when a citizen comes up and talks about some experience they've had recently or some issue that they've found, but the, it, but it's important to share your personal experience with everyone. Um, this is exactly what those moments are designed for. Right. 
when someone needs to come up and say, uh, you know, there were citizens that talked about moving the comments to the end. You know, that's on the agenda. It's, yes, come up and tell us that you disagree with that. Now, when it's these other random things that, that aren't on the agenda or it's a collateral piece of something on the agenda and you're just there to tell us how stupid we are or how stupid everybody else is or what your conspiracy theory is on how we've all broken the law and conspired against independence, no, save it because it's not productive. Uh, and if you were really concerned about the problem, this is, this is my personal rule. This is, this is the rule I use, the, the divider line is, is it a problem that is worth addressing and that it should be, should be addressed, should be fixed? If that's the case, then it is completely inappropriate to address it in that way at a council meeting. If you're that concerned about your city and you love your city and you found this big giant problem, then yes, you need to start calling council members because the folks that do this know they can do that. Right. And they all have our phone numbers and emails and they know where to go. So if you really have a big problem and you want to solve it, work on solving it. I'm all for that. When you don't want to solve it, you get up and make a big speech and see how many people on Facebook talk about you afterwards. You know, one of the things that I also noticed was there was clapping when they've said, don't clap. You know, there's woot whistles, you know, uh, kind of woohoo, you know. Um, people trying to show their siding with somebody, really turning it into divisiveness of political parties as well, which my understanding of local politics was not supposed to be the thing, you know, uh, Democrats, Republicans. It's like, aren't we all citizens of the same city? And while we have different opinions, really it's about bringing a problem forward so that you can get something fixed because you care about your city and the citizens. And it just seems, I think you used the word grandstanding, it just seems that it's more important for some folks to stand up and be noticed, you know, have the light shined on them, good or bad. Um, they just want the attention. Welcome to humanity. Okay. So um, I guess my question to you would be, do you have any ideas on how we can change how it's become lately? Because I do think it's something you know, in the recent past and current, it's not, I don't remember it being like this for the last few years. The council has an obligation to not engage. Okay. And I'm not being critical of my colleagues. Uh, when you're sitting in the middle of the energy, yeah. when you're sitting in the middle of a, of a council room and you're the focus, and there's another focus, and all this. There's this tug of war, and and it's and it's frustrating, and you know, some things aren't right, and and the folks doing it know that it's their council meeting, and they have a right to speak. Uh, you've you've got two two opposing forces, right? It's like a it's like a it's like two magnets, and the polarization's opposite, so they don't stick together. They're they're doing that thing where they push apart when you get so close. But there's just something so enticing about that pushing apart that nobody can leave it alone. Yeah. And we have got to stop doing that. 
uh, and that's on us as a body. Um, you know, and that's that's the number one thing you can do. It's 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 exactly like I tell people this all the time. Uh, people aren't always very good training their dogs. I would agree with that. <laughs> so, or children, or a lot of things, right? And here comes Judgy Hobart. So, yeah. get out your pitchforks. When your dog is peeing on the floor, that's not the time to pet it. That's not the time to give it a treat. Correct. Because all you're doing is reinforcing the behavior that you ideally would like not to happen in the future. So we have got to stop shining a spotlight on it from the dais. I gotcha. That's the first thing we can do. Must be hard to hold your tongue sometimes. Well, it's easier for me, believe yeah. it or not, because uh, when you try cases as a lawyer or you're just even arguing a motion or you're arguing a case, the other side says exactly what you don't want them to say. Yeah, that's true. And they'll say things that you don't believe are true all the time. Well, there may be a fact of of the, the car was white. Mm -hmm. Well, it was pearl white. Well, it was flat. Well, it was you know cream colored it was so you, you you shut your mouth until it's your turn and you get used to that uh regular life is not like that so much people don't have rules in a courtroom everywhere they go as much as i might enjoy that <laughs> but then again i know the rules um so you you know it's a tough situation because if you look, if I put myself in the shoes of those folks in the audience, not not all of them are uh, ill-intentioned. Absolutely. Some of the folks really believe that they need to make their point that way. Some of those folks believe they have a First Amendment right to say what they want. Some of them believe they have the you know right to interact with the council and cause disruption and do all these things. And in a sense, they sort of do. You know, uh, they are the citizens of independence, and they do have a vested interest in our business, and it's their business, and I'm those sure kind there's, of things. I'm sure there's a fine line, though, where it's disrupting getting business done for well, the city. I promise you this. Uh, any of those folks that drive a truck or uh, work on a job site... Do not want seven of us showing up and just to start to yell things at them while they're trying to listen to their boss or do their job. See, there's the big difference. Because this is, this is not... Council meetings in independence are a town hall meeting. And this, that massively interferes with actually doing business. It's why we get on the news all the time. This is why we're on the news. This is why people, my friends lately, and it'll change, but my friends lately are like, man, I haven't heard anything about independence in the news. And I'm like, you're exactly right. Because we're going to try to make it such a boring event <laughs> that we don't need to be in the news for all the, the disruption and craziness. We don't need a well-functioning city that's progressing and doing good work When's the last time you saw a Lee Summit City Council meeting on the news, or Leewood? 
Never. Right. <laughs> I mean, they're boring and they're long and they argue with each other, but it's all within the bounds of the meeting. So I do remember uh, recently Mayor Rowland had kind of brought up what you just said, town meeting versus city council meeting. Yeah. So do you believe that maybe one of the fixes for some of the lack of decorum in our meetings would be maybe to host more town meetings? No. Okay, why not? Because that's because we they've already got one. I gotcha. It already exists. How we walk back from this, I have no idea. Okay. I don't know how that's to fair. walk it back from this. I, you know, that's it's the old thing. Uh, you know, you open the door, slippery slope, or whatever analogy you want to use, cliche, it's, we're there. Do you think going back to following Robert's Rules of Order in a very precise way, you know, clanging the gavel when it's necessary or needed, asking people to leave when they're inappropriate or causing disruption, or is that also going too far? Where, what can we do, literally, in your mind, from a running the meeting? The first thing the council needs to do is shut their mouth. Okay. And we all need to do that. And. We need to be strong about it. We need to be patient, and we need to see how that works for a few months. Okay. So that'll be nice to kind of see if that does help. Uh, that's give it a, some time. That's a start. We have to make it unattractive for people to interrupt. Okay. So you really wanted to talk about this subject today, and with just a few minutes left. Is there any particular reason why now versus when you were first elected? Well, yeah, because we have a, our council is becoming more independent. Okay. Uh, Tell me more. For the first time in decades. Um, well, there are three members of the council, solid members of the council, three, three firmly members of the council that did not go through the old traditional independence political machine to get elected. That is the first time in literally decades. And, and that political machine has literally been around since the Tom Pendergast era. I tell people this now when I go places and visit places and they look at me, it, you know, there's no way anybody would believe that. There's no way anybody would believe that. And frankly, they shouldn't believe it. It's absurd. It's also true. And not making excuses for how things work or any of those things. Uh, it is going to take some time to break habits. It's going to take time to change routines. It's going to take time and a serious effort to really govern independence for in its own best interest. That's going to take some time. I think time is almost up. Uh, I'd like to leave everyone <laughs> with um, a good quote that I found and just like your immediate reaction to it, and that is, the essence of good government is trust. Welcome to humanity. Okay. So second time for that. 
Um, you know, it's just a reminder of why you and I started talking together over a podcast, was that we wanted to bring more education, therefore maybe more transparency, talking about issues that maybe are talked about over coffee or at bars, and, and instead we, we just wanted to shine a light to them. I'd love to have more citizens, a variety of citizens, at the city council meetings. I'd love to have those that are so passionate about their ideas or their issue be willing to stand up and speak for their five minutes uh, at a city council. Um, and so I don't want to dissuade that at all. I just want it to be an appropriate use of council meeting time that it be according to Robert's Rules of Order. So that's something that, that as a citizen I just expect. I expect a professionally run meeting and that if there's going to be things that call it out of bounds, that somebody addresses it. And um, so what you're telling me is, is the council needs to be a part of that solution by uh, being quiet when maybe they'd like to speak or attack. And two, just give it some time as more independent thinkers join the council and that we see real progress for all the citizens together um, doing what's best for independence. I, that's absolutely right. And very, very quickly, you know, we, we have uh, amended, we've changed some rules of uh, procedure for our agenda and our item uh, agenda making, our policy making. We have approved North Point's development, which is the biggest in independence history. We have, uh, we have made it to where employees can feel safer around council people that are aggressive and act inappropriately and illegally. Uh, we are making progress despite all this. Uh, despite the behavior on Monday nights. So um, have faith, stick with us. Uh, there's more to come. All right, I think that's a great place to end. I'm Laurie Dean Wiley. And I'm Dan Hobart. And we have issues in independence. We want to thank you for joining us. I'm Laurie Dean Wiley. And I'm Dan Hobart. Join us again next week because we have issues. <laughs>